right. Welcome to another edition of 11 Mile Sessions Live. I am your host, Scott Boatwright, as always. And with me right now, I have the pleasure of being with Scott Holt, the current lead singer of Foghat. How you doing, sir? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's the way to look at it. There's only one way to go up from there. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah, I'm enjoying the beautiful weather we're having here in Michigan, but you're somewhere else better, aren't you? Well, yeah, better for me. I'm at home. Um, I'm right oh, okay. outside of Nashville. Yeah, so it's it's a nice day here. Mm, I'm jealous. I really am. <laughs> We've been getting spoiled. I mean, it hasn't been like summer-like, but it's been really nice the last few days. Then all of a sudden, we just got snow and sleet and everything else dropped on us all at once. Not enough oh, to man. really stop anything, but just enough to make it ugly and unpleasant. You know? <laughs> so anyway, uh, you're kind of new to the fold as far as the band goes. Most of us all know about Fogad, obviously, if we've been paying attention to music for the past four or five decades. But uh, tell us about yourself. How did you get your start? I started playing guitar when I was 18. I got a job with Buddy Guy when I was 19. Hmm. Spent the next him, and uh, that was my education. Wow, that that's a hell of a place to get your education. That's like it's a, a good musician start. going. I was going to say that's like a musician going to Harvard or Oxford, isn't it? <laughs> what that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a class for sure. I bet you had a really good time with that. How did you get so lucky at that young of an age to start with somebody like uh, Buddy Guy? You know, my my father when I started playing guitar, my father, you know, knew that I was really into the blues, and he saw where Buddy and Junior Wells were going to be on tour near where he was living, mm-hmm. and so he took me down to come see the show. And unbeknownst to me, he he tracked Buddy down at home and and said, "I've got a son that wants to learn how to play guitar. Could he meet you?" And Buddy said, well, yeah, that's no problem. So we went to this club, and, and I watched Buddy Guy play for the very, very first time. Hmm. And he did the whole thing. He had a 100-foot guitar cord. He went out in the street playing. And um, nice. and then we went on stage and talked to him, and then he invited me to his hotel the next day for a guitar lesson. Hmm. So I went to his hotel room the next day, and, and we just sat across from each other and played guitar for four hours. And, just, and he just told me all the stories, you know, about... Sonny Boy Williamson and Little Walter, and um, after about a year of us just staying in touch and, and me sitting mm-hmm. in with him a few times, he offered me the gig, and, and I jumped on it. So, Wow. That, that, that's uh, Talk about fate just playing right into your hands, huh? It was, I'm, I'm real fortunate. I was, I was really blessed. Wow. So you hung out with him for 10 years. It seems like he's a really nice guy, huh? He, he was like a mentor for you? Yeah, he's a sweetheart. I, I talked to him a couple of days ago. We stay in touch, and um, you know, he's just—he's uh, somebody that I can always call if I need some advice or something. He's—he's he's always been real, you know, easy for me to to communicate with, and and uh, I really value his friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's one of the few uh, greats, if you will, that are still around, still alive and kicking. Yeah. Blues uh, world, especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, okay, um, so how did you meet uh, these members of Foghead? Who did you hook up with first? Was it Roger or one of the other members? Um, a mutual friend of ours, Roger and the band were looking for understudies for each member of the band in case somebody, you know, couldn't make a gig or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, a friend of ours introduced us and uh, suggested me as, as 
you know, a, a standing by for Charlie, the, who was the singer at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I met Roger, and we just hit it off, you know, right from the start, you know. And, and um, I went down to their studio in Florida and, and uh, jammed with uh, with Roger and with Brian and Craig McGregor, who was still alive at the time. He was the bassist. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we just jammed and, and hit it off, and everybody was getting on great. And, and we started writing songs. They were doing a new record called Under the Influence. Mm-hmm. They needed about songs for the record. So uh, we, he and Brian and I got together and wrote 17 songs. Okay. So we had, we had enough for a completely additional record um, that we called Earl and the Agitators, and we put that thing out. And, um, and that was kind of a, a precursor to me being in the band. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, at the beginning of 2022, I was down in Florida again with them, uh, working on their record that, that we have out now called Sonic Mojo. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just going to be a writer on it. Uh, Charlie was the, the vocalist mm-hmm. and he decided to retire. So we immediately pivoted, you know, they had a bunch of gigs lined up and, uh, you know, Roger asked me if I wanted to join the band. I said, yeah. And, um, <laughs> how long did learning, it take to say yes? <laughs> it, it wasn't very long at all. As soon as I picked my jaw up off the floor, I said, yes. Um, <laughs> and so you know, we just, we hit the ground running. I mean, this band is, um, you know, we 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 work year round, um, and and it's a live band. At the history of Foghat, it's always been you know known as a live band, a hard touring band. Mm-hmm. Um, we certainly hard as they did back in the, in the seventies, but but we you know we put a lot of miles on the on the thing, and um, you know it, it's a it's just a band, and I'm it's the first band I've been in. I mean, you know, I, I played with Buddy, and and you know, Buddy was the boss, and I was his guitar player. And when I had my solo, I was the boss, and the band members were the band members. Mm-hmm. And in this band, it's four of us, and and it's a it's a everybody gets along, everybody likes each other. There's no you know no weirdness, you no know. Drama. There's no ah, there's no drama. It's it's mm-hmm. it's just four guys that really like each other, you know. Yeah, and it sounds like it's more like an equal partnership as a band really should be, or what we picture it to be, huh? Yeah, I mean, you know. Obviously, you know, we, we all defer to Roger as the, mm-hmm. as the, you know, founding member of the band. Right. And uh, he's pretty much the, the barometer for all things Foghat, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he, he defers to the rest of us on, on you know, anything that we feel strongly about or we want to do. Um, and everybody, you know, we all pick up the slack for each other and, and everybody works together and, um I'm just, I'm really grateful. I say that a lot, but I, it's true. I'm I'm grateful to have this job. I'm grateful to be in this band and in this situation and get to make music with these guys. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it would still be a pleasure, even if it wasn't Foghat, per se. Just the fact that you were able to do what you're doing right now anyway. Huh? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, my career has has been wonderful because I've, yeah. I've been doing this now for years. And, you know, I've, I've never really worked. You know, I've always played music and and for me that's like breathing and i you know yeah. ray charles said i'm tired of breathing and i don't get tired of music um <laughs> so that's how i feel about it i mean it's it's something that that you know it, it's a music is a very powerful force and it's mm. a very precious force yeah. and um transcends all boundaries you know it transcends languages and cultures and mm. and and you know it can it can time travel you i mean you you hear a song 
and it can take you back to a time in your past and you know and remind you of an event that happened you know when you did or something that's a pretty powerful thing oh yeah i've always said that on my show many times that i consider it its own it's a, a religion of some sort but a good one mm-hmm. You know, it yeah. doesn't really uh, propose anything negative. It doesn't condone anything as far as physical or mental or emotional harm. It doesn't leave anybody out. And like right. you said, it can take you anywhere, anytime you feel like it. And they've done extensive scientific research where they realize that people with dementia that can't remember their own name can still remember music if you play it for them. Right. Right. Yeah, it's 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 incredible. And so to be able to to be a part of that, you know, to 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 have that that energy flow through you, you know, and and to translate your emotions and your thoughts and your ideas into into music. That's a a, a tremendous gift and a tremendous responsibility. Yeah. And to do with people you actually get along with, you know, you're doing yeah. it because you enjoy it. You know, you always hear about these bigger bands where they're always fighting with each other. They're, they only get on stage because the paycheck is there. You know, bands like the Eagles. <laughs> if you if you if you do things for money, just for money, for money as your primary purpose or your sole purpose, I think you're selling yourself short. Mm-hmm. Um I feel sorry for the for the the guys that are that are trapped in those situations, you know, where they the only way they can make this big payday is to spend time with people that they don't want to be around. Right. And they exist in this toxic environment. I think it's a terrible, terrible way to go through life. You know, Yeah, I don't envy them, even if they are making lots of money. (laughs) No, either. So you you had all kinds of these uh, songs that you had uh, had a part or mostly written for this new album, and I was reading the uh, stuff that John sent me. I guess Kim Simmons had a hand in three of those songs for the new one. He sure did. Yeah, the original plan because uh, Roger and Kim go back to the Savoy Brown days. Roger was right. the drummer in Savoy, mm-hmm. and they stayed. Roger took off to to create Foghat, mm-hmm. and um, got to know Kim pretty well in the last few years. And uh, he's always been a champion of the band and a friend of the band. So Roger mentioned to him that we were getting ready to make a new record. And uh, he said, you know, I'd love to write some songs for you guys. And Roger said, well, that's great as long as you play on them. So um, him wrote us four songs, but then he uh, he got sick and he passed away before he had a chance to record with us. Yeah. So we, you know, we just had these demos, just Kim's guitar and vocal and maybe a click track, I think. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, you know, we would kind of sit with them and sort of try to figure out how to do them. Originally, we were only going to do one of the songs for the, for the record. Mm-hmm. And Raj sent the songs to me. He goes, well, which one do you think we should do? And I listened to them, and I said, they're all great. I think we should do all four of them. Yeah. And uh, and so eventually we, every, we got everybody on board and convinced everybody. We did all four of them. Uh, only three of them made the record. Not because the fourth one wasn't good, but you know we got to have another record someday, so I want to want to keep one in the back pocket for that. Uh-huh. But um, real proud of this record. I mean, it it it's a it was a labor of love for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it was we like I was telling you before, we had to stop working on the record to get ready to, to tour, uh-huh. and then we reconvened. You know, sort of in the middle of the year in the summertime to to actually do the recording. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, the songs came together fast, uh, the way we work. Um, you know, we the studio where we have all the equipment set up and ready to go, 
And usually, you know, Brian's not only our lead guitar player, but he's also the engineer. Hmm. So be on the drums, I'll be on the guitar and, and Brian's behind the, the board and we lay the stuff down with like, you know, guitar and drums and a scratch vocal. And then we go back and start building it up from there. And I think has the hardest job is Rodney, our bass player, because after we get everything all built up, <laughs> we bring him even 14 songs and go, okay, here, go. <laughs> and he has wow. to do all his bass no pressure. <laughs> no, no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> but uh, he certainly rises to the occasion, so he can handle it. So, you know, but it's, wow. it's a way of making records. I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's, you know, we own the studio, so there's no clock. Um, we go until, you know, we're, we're ready to stop for the day and, and, mm -hmm. and then we break, break open a bottle of wine and Roger starts cooking and, you know, the next thing you know, we're breaking bread and laughing and cutting up and talking about what we're going to do tomorrow. Wow. That sounds like a great time. That's like a, that's almost like permanent college frat days almost. <laughs> but with yeah, well, the... With, with with the responsibility included, you know. You, yeah, you, <laughs> with, without the excess is what I was going to say. <laughs> crashed and waking up at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Or, or, Wondering, how I did think, I get here? Who's that lying yeah, next to me? <laughs> exactly. But that's, you know, the, the, the cool thing about this situation in this band is, you know, we, we, we have a unified target that we're going for. You know, let's get this record done. Hmm. And... and Work on it, you know, and 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 make it happen, and 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 do it under a, a positive umbrella of of you know joy of being together and making this music together, and that translates into the the record. I think you can hear it on the record when you listen to it. Wow, it's sad to say though, but uh, it's you know highly lacking in the way people do things these days. Even the bands that are successful now, it doesn't sound like what they're doing. I mean, they're, it's more about the hype. It's more about media. It's more about followers. And there's no, like, that work ethic. Well, no. You get this great music and these great live shows by putting the physical effort into it, not just showing up and looking pretty or whatever. <laughs> well, I think, I think you know, you, you have... You have all sides of the coin in, in the music business. I think you have, you know, you have some people that are very popular that work really hard and are very dedicated yeah, not, to their. I didn't really mean. There's me. a, go ahead. That, that there's a white noise that you have to rise above to get a record heard these days. I mean, mm -hmm. it's I don't know how the music heard really today because mm -hmm. there's so coming out and yeah. there's so many different different you know sounds that you can hear in the course of the day and i don't know how anybody's able to rise above you know we put this record out and it debuted at number one on the billboard blues chart mm -hmm. and we're still on the charts 13 weeks later we're at number seven this week i think yeah and and you know everybody was surprised except me because i knew the record was good mm -hmm. and i knew that we were knew that if we could get people to hear it and I knew mm -hmm. Foghat had a fan base that was going to listen to this record, you know. Mm -hmm. Whether they loved it or hated it, they were at least going to hear it. And I knew it was a good record. And I knew that that, that people were going to embrace it. Um, it's, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's fun to be in a, in, a, in a band that works as hard as we do. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, but I, I don't have any you know, animosity towards anybody else. I appreciate all, all the other artists and, and they're all working hard in their own way and everybody's got their own strategy how they're getting heard. So, yeah, I wasn't trying to make a broad statement. I'm, it does exist, but there's so you many got people. somebody. What's that? 
said, you've that got a... somebody specific in mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't. It's, it's just a lot of the younger acts I see. I mean, I, I actually book a, a tavern locally here in the Detroit area. And for every really good band that I can tell is doing what we're talking about, the hard work and touring and actually putting an effort into like, no, this is what they want to do. You've got the others that just think because they have all these followers that that's good enough. That's going to, people are going to show up just because of that. And it doesn't work that way. No, it's, it's the, the music business is a, and it's a pretty steep learning curve for, for any artist that, that, goes down this path but um you know the illusion is that uh talent is all you need mm -hmm. and that that you learn that's wrong right off the bat you know yes. because you, i've really talented people that that nobody's ever heard of mm -hmm. then the second thing is well you know you gotta be talented but you gotta work hard i've seen some guys that work really really hard and they're really talented and nobody's ever heard of them it's 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 this combination of of, of factors that um that come forth and then when all of it happens just the right way when when lightning strikes you've got to be ready you've mm -hmm. got to be prepared to, to to engage that and what you're describing there like because i played in the bars for for years you know um you there there's no night to mail it in there's no night to to go well there's only five people here i'm i'm not i'm only in the mood to play tonight you've got to play every every show like it's your last show because it could be, you know, mm -hmm. you could walk out of the club and get run over by a bus. So, mm -hmm. so you know, yeah, always play with with, and that's how we approach the way we hit the stage. We're not, we're not holding anything back. We we give it one hundred percent, and and to entertain the crowd. That's that's the goal when you're on stage. So, you know, I I, I as the as the lead singer want to make sure that that people that hear come and see us want to come back and see it again. And want right. to bring somebody with, not from a necessarily a business model, but just from an entertainer's attitude. Mm -hmm. yeah. I want them back. So, no, I agree. Um, like I said, every every performance should be as, as important as the other one. I mean, yeah. the way I like to say it is like people should perform like that. That agent that's going to give them the big break is in the audience. <laughs> right. Get the bag of money on the table in front of him, and he's smoking a big cigar. <laughs> Got to do my best. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I have a lot of local musician friends. They're exactly like you're saying. I've seen them, unfortunately, play for like just the people that came with them that night, and they still give it their all, and they still act like they perform like there's five thousand people there. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's if 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 you perform based on how many people are there, if if that's how your your performance goes. Then, then you're in it for the wrong reasons anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I play just as hard at soundcheck as I do at the show. Yeah. Mostly because they've they've had us locked up in a hotel room for two days. And <laughs> <laughs> have no choice. Anything. But um, but uh, you know, it's it's just the joy of making music, and and it mm -hmm. and it's got to be for itself. You know, because mm -hmm. the rest of it can can go either way, and it can go up and down, and you, and you have your peaks and valleys. You know. I mean, I've had I've had shows where, you know, when I was with Buddy, we opened for the Rolling Stones. So I've been on huge stages in front of massive crowds. Right. I've also played in a club where the only person there was the bartender, and he left. <laughs> so there was nobody. And in the entire room, there was no one. 
and we wow. played and we had to play for four hours. So, so you know, Whoa. I mean, it's, it, it can go either way, you know? Oh, man. All right. Well, so this new album, it's called Sonic Mojo. Um, it's available mm. on Foghat Records. Well, we know where that name came from. Um, and it's been out a while, I guess. It got released late last year. It's been it's been out for thirteen weeks. Okay, but you said it's been uh, really charting well on the blues chart, Billboard. So that's a great thing. It, it's almost kind of nice that they break it into categories now because the pop one, I can't even figure out who's on those anymore. It's like who is that? Who is that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm got a, a daughter. She's twenty four, and she's a big music fan. So she, all her life, she's kept me posted on, on who's who. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I more about Harry Styles and Taylor Swift and Selena Gomez than I ever thought I would. Yeah. Because she's always, she's always playing me the new stuff. So. Mm. Well, them I've heard of, but then there's other ones. It's like, wow, I have no clue who that is. <laughs> well, the thing is, I own a record store here in, in, in Columbia, the town that I live in with a partner of mine. Yeah. And, um. Yeah, our store manager, the guy that runs the business for us, I'll go in sometimes and, and I'll pick up a record and go, who is this? And he will go, man, we've sold 50 copies of that. I don't know who that guy is, but he's selling like hotcakes. Yeah. It just, you know, it, it's like the white noise we were talking about earlier. There's so much of it out there that, that there's no way you can keep track of everything. Not you know, anymore, I mean, no. love music. Music is, is with me every day. Uh, and I like new music. There's a lot of good new music. But just before we started talking, my turntable back there has got the Beatles on it. So I was listening to the Beatles today. Um, so, uh, and, and, you know, they're, what, 40, 50 years old? So, you know, I mean, it's, it's, music doesn't have a shelf life, you know. It's good, good music is good music. So that's why Slow Ride's still on the radio, you know. Yeah, it sure is. God, I remember seeing that live for the first time in 78. Wow. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> it's at Cobo Arena here in Detroit, man. But, yeah. you know, you could tell that they were road warriors back then even. You know, they, it was all about the live performance. Because, to be yeah. honest with you, even back then, I thought Foghat was okay as far as the record itself. Listening on a turntable, yeah, they're pretty good. But seeing them right. live, that's what made the difference. It was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I think that, you know, that was kind of their 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 thing back in the day is, is that they were known as, as a live band. You know, I mean, I, I know um, Foghat Live, which is an amazing record, you know, and I, I studied it hard when I joined this band because I, I really wanted to, you know, I don't sound like Dave. I don't sing like Dave. Mm -hmm. He's really not in range. He's, his, his range is a lot higher than mine as yeah. a singer. And I don't, I don't consider my, I mean, I consider myself a guitar player that sings as opposed to a singer that plays guitar. Um, I'm more comfortable with the guitar. But when I got in this band, I really listened to Dave's phrasing because I wanted to to be respectful of, of the, the melodies and, and the, the things that he was doing, not to mm -hmm. imitate him, have that as a as a as a source, you know, where I could kind of right. look to it and this is how I'll approach it. Um and and you know, the guys were patient with me because I mean the first rehearsal that we had after they after they offered me the gig, the first rehearsal was horrible. I, I didn't know any of the words. I was messing up. I couldn't remember the guitar parts. I, it was all just falling apart. And and they were all kind of a little bit pale and <laughs> and serious when we got through. It was like, oh, dear. Did we so, make a um, mistake? 
So it was kind of a crash course, you know, and the first, honestly, the first whole year that I was in the band, the first year of touring was just, you know, really made me question my abilities. And I'd been doing it at that point, you know, 30 years. So I was like, you know, I had to have a talk with myself and go, look, you know what you're doing. You know, you just got to figure out how to do that in this situation, because this is a different animal from what you've been accustomed right. to. And, um, and I'm still learning. You know, I, I, I watched a, a video, uh, a film of us playing from uh, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, it wasn't a good show. You know, I mean, it, it was, you know, I, I know we sound better than that. And uh, it, it kind of bummed me out for a couple of days because I was just like, man, it, we're, we're better than that. That's, that's not a good representation. But, you know, then I started thinking, well, that's, that's a good thing because you're, you know, you've, you've got to be able to see that you can't, you can't get into a point where you think everything you do is great and you, and you don't have any room to improve. You know, um, I practice every day, you know, I know Raj does too. He, he and I are the, the chronic practicers in the band. We've always, we're always, he's always banging on stuff and I'm always playing my guitar. And, you know, that's, I want to, I want to keep doing that until the end. I mean, I, I don't ever want to stop learning, you know, a truly good sign of a musician is someone that uh, realizes that there's always room for improvement. There's always room to grow. You know, you st- you stop improving and growing when you pass on. <laughs> that's it. Exactly right. That's that's the only time you can't get any better. <laughs> as far as we, <laughs> yeah, we don't know. Hope maybe some if if we're lucky, there is something up there like equivalent music wise. Right? Um, sure, there is. So this is great. We have a new album, first one in many years. Um, it's available on Foghat Records, and I'm sure you can go to any of the streaming platforms if you want to look for it, I take it? Yeah, uh, it's it's available. Uh, go to the website, the Foghat website, mm-hmm. and you can get graph copies. Uh, it's out on vinyl as well as CD, um, and there's all kinds of Sonic Mojo merch that, that ties in with it that you with, can get. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 I heard there's like a package even if I'm if I read it correctly it's almost like the CD and the album or something like that you can get like a yeah. deluxe package I think they've got some package that has the CD and the album and maybe a t-shirt or something Wow that's nice so you don't even have to Fog- your all your wildest dreams will come true <laughs> So it's almost like <laughs> going to the concert but without leaving your home which unfortunately a lot of people are happy with that now <laughs> Pretty much pretty much but I don't blame them either, you know, and it's not nothing against the bands. I think most bands are pretty reasonable as far as what they charge for their tickets. It's all the other people involved with the industry that screw it up. You know, a $50, well, $50 ticket, ten, you know, turns into a $300 endeavor to go to a show, you know. That's, that's you know, it's money. And, and, and when there's money on the table, somebody's going to figure out how to get some of it. Um mm-hmm. This band, I don't, I don't, I don't think our our ticket prices are are, are particularly crazy or anything, and and mm-hmm. you know we're we're a pretty self-contained situation, so it's it's a little easier for us to to navigate that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Going back to, I know when the last time uh, Taylor Swift came here to Detroit, they were charging as much as one hundred dollars to park outside that arena. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> sure. My daughter was interested in going to see Taylor, and uh, 
uh, I went on one of the, the secondary ticket sales things to see about getting a couple of tickets. No, they're sixteen hundred dollars. <laughs> you know, two thousand dollars. Cheap seats. <laughs> Back. Where do I get to sit for that? Behind her. <laughs> I would Behind hope. This big pole. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's it's uh, it's kind of crazy, man. Mm. Well, thank you. We have road warriors like yourself and the other members of Fogat, and I know Roger is going to do it until he drops, but that's why he still has, what do they call them, those guns, those arms of his? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, Roger's, he's, he takes care of himself, you know, he eats right, um, he exercises, um, you know, you, you you get to an airport with him, and, and if you keep up with Roger in an airport, you're going to be in great shape, because he's moving, I mean, fast. <laughs> so, so and he's the oldest he, one, uh, right? <laughs> the oldest one. I mean, you know, you keep up with Roger and you'll be all right. <laughs> God bless him. That's great. Well, I'm really happy that Fogat is still going. I wish you and the uh, boys continued success in everything you do, especially Fogat or anything else that comes around in the future. Really appreciate well, you, you taking the time to talk with us, Scott. Um, hopefully you'll come back uh, sometime later this year, maybe in the area and tour. We can get a chance to great. see you play live, you know. I hope so. All right, well, once again, Scott Holt from Fogat, and you can pick up their latest release, Sonic Mojo, at all the usual places. All right, thanks again, sir, and you have a good one. You too, man. Take care. All right, you too. Bye-bye. We have a new album coming out. It's called out. Sonic Mojo. Whoa, what a great name. Where did we get that name? Our manager claimed she came up with the word Sonic. I said it. I don't appreciate you thinking that it's all about you and I don't appreciate you. She's a little bit of everything. Uh, it was written by, uh, the song was actually written by Kim Simmons about but unfortunately, uh, Kim passed away uh, a while ago, but he sent, sent me four basic tracks and uh, we took them and uh, did something with them. She keeps on history. She's got it all. She's dragging me in. She's a little bit of Driving On was another one that uh, Kim wrote for us. There really is a Fogat sounding song, though. You know, yeah. there's a lot of di you know, diverse kind of, you know, approaches on this record, but that one really is a, you know, we definitely put the hat on that one. Gotta stay awake, no matter what I do. Wanna see my girl when the night is through. I'm driving on. Wish I could have been there. Was that it? I wish I'd been there. Wish I'd been there. Okay, well, there was a code yeah. at one time, but I guess it got edited out. <laughs> that was a song that was actually written you know, a long time ago by Colin. Right, yeah, my brother. Yeah, about the Hank Williams show that he just wish he could have made it to. I wish I'd been there when Hank Williams came to town. Some songs were said and some were glad. 
blues is the source for all American music, mm -hmm. isn't it? It blues. is. Maybe. I think it's in the Bible, though. I think I think <laughs> Adam, the first time Adam had a conflict with Eve was the first blues song. It probably was, yeah. He had the blues, yeah. Do a song by this guy, Promised Land. We'd uh, we'd all be out of work without Chuck. Charles Berry. Yeah, he wrote the book. He wrote the book. <laughs> Damn, look at that. Ouch. Where's the wine? <laughs> hey, 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 what? Wine? I don't drink as much as I ought to. Lately, that just ain't my style. Coming oh. November 10th, Sonic Mojo! Mojo.
rest of your nails Load the ships and set the sails
right, that was Panda House with Loom. Before that, Anti-Ghost with Ugly Dogs. Before that, definitely Maybe with Are We Having Fun Yet? Of course we are. And we started off with Guardrail down at the bottom. All four of those bands playing at the Corktown Tavern on Michigan Avenue. That's tomorrow night, 216, the date that is. Doors at 8. And before that, of course, you saw that video by Fogat, the uh, trailer for their album, and that interview with the gentleman known as Scott Holt, the current lead singer of Fogat. So you can uh, check their uh, album out, Sonic Mojo, online if you want to get it. Uh, go on their website, all the usual places. We got two more, and then I have the uh, pleasure of having Mike Ward in the studio with me. He's going to do a live performance, and we're going to talk about his upcoming performances, including my Corktown Music Festival at the end of March. So we're going to finish off with a couple of them. Ted Poley, the Five and Dime Poets, and Willie Mack and the Hostages are playing at Smalls in Hamtramck. Doors at 7, that's tomorrow night as well. So we're going to see these two more videos, and I'll be meeting you in the studio next door with Mike Ward. So we're going to start with, um, well, we're going to finish off with the Five and Dime Poets, and that's Hobos, Hillbillies, and Outlaws. And we're going to start this set off with Ted Poley, and this is a track called Higher. I've learned the past is never far 
conversation strayed. She didn't want to explain how the wild side of life had caused her so much pain. When she read between the lines, she found her script was someone else's lies. She heard the words of her mama's advice. Live, and I have the one, the only, the incurable, comparable, the stupendous, the magnificent, ten other superfluous adjectives, 
Mike Ward. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing good, Scott. How are you? <laughs> Thanks. Boy, that's quite a lead-in. I don't know if I deserve that. <laughs> well, you're going to have to work hard okay, for the next hour. All right. All right. I'll be working hard. I'll well, be working hard. Welcome back. Thanks. Like, like yeah, we were talking about, um, you were like the first one. Man. You know? That just, uh, it, that's hard to believe. That how, how long ago was that? Was that like three years ago? or uh, Two. Two? But okay. still, ne next month, it was sometime in March. I yeah. don't remember the exact date. Yeah. But. Time does fly. Yeah, I know. Years don't mean anything when you get older, do they? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Decades, maybe, yeah, but exactly. years, no. Well, you know, I, as, I, as I say in some of my introductions to certain songs, I've got more miles behind me than I have in front of me. Uh, and uh, I, sometimes that's kind of scary to think about. <laughs> you know, when you think about, oh, in 10 years, I'm going to be 80. You know, it's like, whoa. Yeah. That's kind of scary. Well, when you think about like anything, when you're like getting close to completion, you figure, okay, even if I do really well, God willing, I'm like about 90% finished now or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Depending on how old you are and where you're at. But yeah, it's wow. Yeah. But anyway, I guess we should get to what we're actually here okay. for, right? We want to hear you sing and play guitar. All right. What would you like to start out with? So I think I'm going to start with, because uh, I think, when we talked the last time when we did this, I had not released uh, the album that is called Love Never Rests. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna do a couple of those songs uh, tonight. Mm -hmm. And this first one, it's kind of my story. It's called I Follow. And uh, I grew up in a big family, Catholic. I was an altar boy. And during the 60s, during the 70s, tumultuous times. And so this, uh, this song kind of covers that ground. sisters and brothers I followed the temptation of others worked hard to fit in inside a different skin I begged stolen morrow mostly I followed morning mass a heathen acolyte Heaven or hell, well, it could be either side. Said all my childhood confessions, not sure now about any of those lessons. I followed the stations of the cross, gave credit for the winds, took blame for every loss, prayed that those wafers were actually the savior cheap wine was the blood i swallowed i served and followed cut off jeans and faded t-shirts six-pack cigarettes driving round the outskirts wasting our lives our futures our past Open to death, 
that the die had not been cast I followed the dream we were sold could not tell the truth from the lies we were told tried to outrun things that I've done just to make it To avoid detection Hide my own reflection An acne-filled complexion A guilt-ridden erection Falling far short of perfection Okay, so that's from your latest, your newest? Yeah, yeah. When did you complete that? Um, let's see, we, I'm trying to put the timing here. Um, we finished it last, um, let's see, in the f late fall and winter of 2022, going into 2023, and then we released it in June. Okay. So we did all the final mixes, and we were still doing that into early 2023. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, we wanted to give ourselves enough lead time to um, try and get radio play, try and get reviews. Right. And we brought, um, you know, Angie and I have done the the a lot of the legwork mm -hmm. on the previous um, three albums and mm -hmm. the EP. And we brought um, Lori Stratton in uh, this last time to help us with PR, to help us with some of the writing, with some of the connections to uh, reviews and mm -hmm. things like that. And it, it was, it just, it, it, you know, it's so time consuming to send all those emails and drop all that, the, the music and you're sending out CDs and you're, you're sending out drop boxes and everything mm -hmm. like that. And she was just really helpful keeping it organized uh, for the two of us. Okay. So it really made a difference having Lori aboard. Uh, definitely. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think it did. I mean, just small things like, you know, getting featured in the Detroit News and mm. getting some nice um, spot. You know, I, I have a good relationship with, with Jeff Milo 
Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was really great about promoting it. Yeah. We ended up doing the release show at the Ferndale Library. Okay. Um, I had um, uh, Sarah Gibson play cello. Mm-hmm. And as, so as opposed to doing what we did on uh, Particles to Pearls, which was getting as many of the players as we could to the Trinity House stage mm-hmm. and doing a full band, um, I just... You know, I wanted to do it simpler uh, for the release this time. And kind of, we ended up doing sort of a series of shows mm-hmm. uh, that were release shows. We didn't have one show. But the first one was the, the Ferndale Library. Okay, so multiple release shows for your release, yeah. not other artists. Okay. No. Nope. Okay, so you kind of did it like a little tour circuit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and you know, last year was a, a, a from a, performance standpoint from playing out standpoint um <clears throat> i did almost 125 shows last year wow and i don't i won't do that many this <clears throat> this year we you know we were just saying yes to everything mm-hmm. and uh and now we're <laughs> <laughs> saying yes to a few fewer things but still good things and the other thing this year that we have is my son's getting married in June oh, in wow. Brooklyn. So we've got a chunk of time devoted to that. So I can imagine uh, the proud yeah. parents. And yep, yep. We're excited about that. That takes uh, the entire year all by itself, yeah. planning that all out. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, these kids, they're, uh, they're not kids anymore. My son's 42, and, and Emily, I don't... I, not exactly sure where she stands on age. I think she's about 35. So they're older. They've got careers. They've, mm-hmm. They're used to organizing things. Uh, they've got everything organized. Oh. For And they just point us in the right direction. <laughs> wow. So there's an argument for not pushing your kids to get married too young. <laughs> right, right. When they're, they're, when they're ready, they go off and they go, Okay, here's where we're having the wedding. Here's where we're having the reception. Here's where we're doing this. Here's, and you know, part of it is it's in Brooklyn, and we're not there, so they are. Yeah. So they know kind of what they wanted to do. Right, and they can't expect you to do it long distance right, from right, Detroit right. area. And her parents are from Ann Arbor. Oh wow! And but they didn't meet till they got to New York. They they just isn't that meet amazing? The yeah, isn't that coincidences? Funny? The way fate works. Yeah. You could you could practically be sitting next to each other, you know, years ago, but then all of a sudden you somehow meet, and oh yeah, um, I've done that many times. Not with getting married, obviously, but you just meet somebody, yeah, and you start talking. To them, it's like, oh my God, we attended some a lot of the same shows. Well, in this <clears throat> case, it's definitely true because they're a big part of the Ann Arbor music scene. Mm-hmm. They know a lot of the same people that we know, and we know we. We're pretty sure we were at a lot of shows together, mm-hmm. and um, that's we've just picked that up. We we've gone to a couple shows at the Ark with them, mm. uh, and out to dinner, and uh, it it's been great. Oh, awesome! Congratulations! Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Something to look forward to. Is yeah. Yeah. Sometime in the summer or uh, June eighth. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's coming up quick. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it sure is. All right. Why don't we do another one? What okay. Uh, this um, this is called All We're Hoping For. And um, I'm really, 
I'm, I'm super proud of the album. Uh, this song in particular, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the new uh, app, uh, Sonic Coast. I've heard of it. Oh, I've seen West it online. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, the west side of the state. And this was one of the songs that I sent to them, and they selected it. And um, through their first uh, uh, part of the year, I think their first six months, uh, they picked out seven songs that were the top uh, played songs, the top requested songs and played songs. And uh, this was one of them. Wow. Uh, Julian Ankley had one. Uh, Strange Heart, I think, had one. Um, so it was cool. They they do a lot of um, Michigan music, mm-hmm. as well as other artists. They you know they've they've got a full breadth. Uh, mm-hmm. Their DJs are are excellent, and now they're starting to partner with um, some venues and things like that. So they're really getting out into the world. They're they're good good people. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So this is called All We're Hoping For.
little bit of hope is all we're hoping for At the end of our rope Under a microscope A little bit of hope is all we're hoping for A little bit of hope is all we're hoping for A little bit of hope is all that's off the latest as well yeah mm -hmm. yeah and um we had fun uh, you know again uh just like the darkness and on particles we had a lot of um area players mm -hmm. involved larry lebeck uh played um pedal steel we had grant flick from ann arbor playing violin on a few tracks as mm -hmm. well as lucy little who played on my first record mm -hmm. we wonder um she does long distance stuff where she, I sent her the tracks, she sent us her her parts and then we mix right. them in, mm -hmm. and that was great. Um, but we've had we had Michael Shimon, we had Amy Petty, Jill Jack, um, Giacomo, my daughter Amelia, Judy wow. Brown, uh, Annie Bacon. We had we had a lot of players and Dave of course Dave Dave Roof. Mm -hmm. um, Aaron Markowitz, um, Dave Keeney. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, you know, because some of the recordings for Love Never Rest were done during when we started doing the recordings for Particles to Pearls. Mm -hmm. And a couple songs also ended up on the EP called Troubled Times. We did 22 songs, hmm. but we only released... Uh, Particles, we only released a few, on, you know, 11 on that, then the EP, and then we had some new songs that we added and then released Love Never Rests. Wow. So for our listeners, viewers, whatever, yeah. um, that don't know Mike Ward that well, how many releases do you have now altogether? So I've got, um, let's see, four full albums and the EP, and then one single, which is Career Advice, <laughs> I did that as a single because I knew it wouldn't get radio play because it's a, I don't know, can I say it here? Don't be a dick. Yeah. Uh, is the is the career advice <laughs> that I that I gave. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, it was a culmination of of when I retired, I got asked by all sorts of people about, oh, what kind of advice, you know, words of wisdom would you give? And yeah. I started writing that song, and it. It's it's a big hit when we when we play it live. I was just about to ask. Yeah. So you do yeah. play live then. Oh yeah, we play it live and, and we, we have a lot of fun with it. Uh, and we we did koozies with Don't Be a Dick and, <laughs> <laughs> and at Wheatland last year we sold out of them. Uh, because people just you know, it's it's a good sentiment. It's so <laughs> Don't be a dick. It's catchy, isn't yeah. it? So I mean it's it, it is good advice. I, I I mean when you're when you're coming up in the workforce when you get out of college or wherever you, whatever you're doing, man, if you want to, when you get a job, just don't be a dick. You know, yeah. you'll be surprised. Uh, <laughs> How many times they can come back and bite you in the ass? Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it's he, like that whole show, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, every episode to- he pays totally, for it, right? Totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, you know, somebody's. I, I read, I think I think I read it, or somebody said it to me. They said, you know, be careful who you step on on the way up in your career because you're going to run into them on the way down. Mm-hmm. And in advertising, that was definitely true. Any any kind of business. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that one. All of a sudden, one day, you're looking across, and your boss is like 20 years, 30 years younger, and and you're like going, "Oh, I better." It's a good thing I was really nice to that person when they were when they were first here. Yeah, and they just started in the mailroom, so to speak. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. For sure. You just never know. Yeah, but uh, and all the albums uh, are on my website. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, psychosongs.com. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, it, it, when people see psychosongs that, you know, aren't familiar with me, they kind of have a funny reaction. Yes. You mm-hmm. know, but... Yeah, Tell it, us again about that. That's, so, that is a cool story. Yeah. I, my nickname growing up as a, a hockey player with a really bad temper was Psycho Ward. Oh, and it followed me to the workplace. So you were a probert when you were young. No? Uh, not necessarily a probert, but I was an irritant, and I had a really bad temper, and I would spend a lot of time in the penalty box. And uh, and when I started working, I was pretty high strung, and I, I, I would punch walls, and I broke my knuckle punching walls. And, you know, at a certain point, I kind of got over that, and I would... I, I, I learned how to control that. And so later in my life, when people would see that, they would go, you don't strike me as a psycho, you know? But mm-hmm. I said, well, come out on the ice sometime. And, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I had always, um, when I was writing music, and, and even when I was just recording demos and copywriting them, I, I was published, I had kind of a, you know, a, not a money-making publishing, but mm-hmm. uh, as a publishing thing, I would call it Psycho Songs. Yeah. And when I had freelance design, I would call it psychographics. you know. Mm. So it was like it stuck with me. And then um, when I first released uh, on iTunes and on Spotify, I just did it as Mike Ward. And there was another Mike Ward who was this really awful comic from... Uh, Montreal, really filthy. <laughs> and his stuff was all over my YouTube page and all over my Spotify. And so in order to separate that, I added Psycho Songs mm. uh, to it, and that that helped. Alleviated. Um, yeah, and, you know, I have had some people kind of look at me and go, well, I don't think your songs are Psycho Songs, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not worried about it. Well, you get their attention. You, yeah. They remember it, and yeah. there's, the, you know, if you really do some digging, there's got to be a lot of Mike Wards out there. Oh, there's tons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know. Uh, toward the beginning of us knowing each other, I used to try to do that. I even just on Facebook, I go Mike Ward, and I get this full list. Oh yeah. And when you finally told me, well, look for Psycho. So, oh, okay, that comes up immediately. Right. Right. <laughs> there's no digging. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it's, it, it, that becomes an easier uh, moniker for people to, to grab onto. And the website, uh, I, the website um, we redid it uh, for Love Never Rests. And um, I, I, I've, been, I've gotten a lot of good compliments on it. Mm-hmm. Um, we had uh, 
we had sought the advice of uh, Faye Burns. Uh-huh. She was doing some consulting uh, uh, when when uh, the escaping pavement uh, kind of went by the wayside mm-hmm. uh, until she was sort of uh, consulting a little bit. And I don't know if she still is, but she was really good at it. Mm-hmm. And she really helped us, uh, mm. Angie and I, with not only that, but advice on booking emails and just just a lot of advice in terms of of um, you know when you're starting to go out on the road and you're starting to kind of choose places how to do that and mm-hmm. uh, I, she was really helpful wow it's a, interesting you say that again small world thing um, I got to see her perform a couple of weeks ago yeah in Dearborn Heights by my house actually I could Ride oh. my bike there. Yeah, uh, which where was I didn't. it? Uh, it's a place called uh, something uh, three four Grill three four two. Oh, Grill three four two. Yeah, yeah, because uh, it was Jackie and Jules that put it together. Oh, okay. And, uh, Dan Menard was there, and uh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. That was that looked like a good show. Well, she has a new album coming out on yeah. May tenth, and she's going to be here in the studio on May 9th Good with uh, her band, The Embers. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, I haven't seen her a long time. I mean, the last time I saw her, she was in Escaping Pavement yep. with her now ex-husband, and that was at HFR. <laughs> so you know how long ago <laughs> yeah. that was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so. She's, yeah, that, that, the, I saw her with the Embers last summer at um, Hollerfest. Really good. Okay. Really good. Okay. You'll enjoy it. So. Yeah. I forget sometimes how. And she's it. all part of, she's been part of the. Uh, Annie Caps, uh, badass women uh, that that um, you know Annie put out an album uh, last year um, that she enlisted roughly forty women. All it's all women. Forty angry women? <laughs> no, no. This is not angry women. This is women who are tremendous artists, yeah. uh, players, vocalists, guitar, bass keyboards, engineer, mm-hmm. recording artist, you know, recording engineer, uh, mixer, every single person that worked on the uh, on the album uh, is a woman. And it, it just, it was, it, she had a desire to do it, and the songs were the right songs for it. It's an amazing album. Mm. Um, I look forward to hearing it. Well, I will in yeah. <laughs> three months, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I remember what a great player she is, too. Oh, yeah, um, Faye is. Yeah, not yeah. just guitar, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, why don't we get to another song? All right. Uh, let's see. I'm going to do the... I guess um, this would be the closest thing to the title track. On all of the records that I put out, except We Wonder, which was the name of a song... The other albums, the titles have been buried in the songs. This song is called Currency of Forgiveness. Coffee brewed hours before she's awake. Hot water saved for the shower he takes. Drives with no sense of direction 
sometimes accepts a course correction. Listens to the same story told a hundred times Waits patiently at the end of the line Holding doors, holding tongues All evens out when our days are done For, for that, that song, um, actually, yeah. uh, my best friend and his wife, uh, their daughter had a friend who was getting married in Atlanta, and Pam, uh, my friend Mark's wife, she wrote a letter to the couple, mm -hmm. kind of in addition to their gifts, she wanted to kind of give them some advice, some 
from the standpoint of experience mm-hmm. and sort of don't let all these little things pile up into something bigger um, and just remember the small things, mm-hmm. all these little pieces. And um, I took the letter and interpreted it, you know, mm-hmm. myself. And okay. that's where it started. Hmm. Interesting. So it's really about relationships and the hard work that it takes to kind of keep them going. Yeah. And the cost of, of like you said, focusing on the wrong things. Yeah. And, you know, it's great. Uh, today is actually uh, 45 years ago today mm. I met Angie. Mm. And we met at their wedding. My, my friend Mark mm-hmm. and his wife Pam. They got married on the 17th of February in, in 1979, and we met two days before that because I was in the wedding mm-hmm. uh, as the best man, and I was playing a couple songs. And uh, my wife, whom I had not met at that point, was reading the Corinthians. <laughs> okay. And, mm-hmm. uh, and we met in Long Beach, California, at the time, she was living in Hamtramck, but she was on a, a little sabbatical in Colorado. So we met. We spent a couple days together in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. And then I went south to visit some friends in San Diego, and she went back to Colorado. Mm. But I had an address. I had two addresses. I had one in Colorado and one in Michigan. And so I began, first I bought little cards, and then I started making little cards and I sent her a card every day. And then our first actual date that we actually went on a date was St. Patrick's Day of that, about a month, a little over a month later when she was back. And uh, and after that, it was just sort of like, uh, so what are you doing tomorrow? What are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> mm. And we got, we, we got engaged that Christmas and married the following year. Wow, and the rest is history. Yeah, the rest is history. A long history. Yeah. Oh, many more years to come. Though. Yeah, thanks. Mm, wow. That's and amazing. she has, you know, Angie, you know, she's she's on the committee for yeah. the Corktown Music Festival, yeah. which um, I'm happy to say I'm going to be part of. Mm-hmm. Um, but she has jumped into the music side of what I'm doing, on the organizational side, she's on the board of the Trinity House. Yeah. She goes to Folk Alliance and, and hosts rooms. And mm-hmm. she, um, we've started, you know, occasionally we will host uh, some singer-songwriters at our place. Mm-hmm. And, so, and, and so, it's not always to play. Sometimes it's somebody who needs a, a place to stay for a night, and it's someone we've met. Yeah, while you know, on a little tour or whatever. Yeah, and so you get your we, own B and B for folk artists. Yeah, and you know, part of it is we just enjoyed the community that of people we've met mm-hmm. through Folk Alliance, through all the different uh, workshops and shows that we've done, that I've done, and festivals, mm-hmm. and we've just met this huge community of people, and so mm-hmm. you know, it's not we don't feel like they're strangers when we open up our house to them. Right, right. 
Speaking of, uh, let's hold off talking about the festival for right this moment. Okay. But, but let's, uh, I know you got to have a few shows coming up. I think you got one tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I do. Uh, tomorrow I'm at the Trinity House, mm-hmm. and it is, uh, I'm, I will be a trio tomorrow. So it's, uh, I'll be playing guitar and singing. Uh, Sarah Gibson, who has played, she played on The Darkness and the Light, and she has done, I think we've done about 10 shows in the last year together. Okay. And it's been great, and we're going to do a lot more this year. Um, she's going to be playing cello, and uh, every now and then she jumps in vocally as well. Mm-hmm. But Judy Brown, uh, downtown Judy Brown, who's done a lot of harmony with me over the years, mm-hmm. she's going to be on stage with us. And okay. then, so we're opening the evening. We play a full set at 8, and then um, we'll take a break, and then Lyndon Thoburn and her quartet will play. Mm-hmm. And Sarah Gibson's actually part of her quartet as well. Oh, she's got to do double duty. <laughs> yeah, she's duty. got double duty. Wow. Yeah, so it, it's a good show, though. I'm, I'm really excited. I love the Trinity House. I love being on that stage. So that's in Livonia. That's yep. on Six Miles? Yeah, on Six Mile, right near I-75, or 275, 275. I mean. 275. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on in that area around. Yeah, there. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a it's a really cool little theater and all volunteer, you know, uh, organization, and they they just put on some great shows there. Mm-hmm. So so that's tomorrow night. Yeah, that's tomorrow night, and Going then to... after that, I think the next show I have is uh, I'm doing a house show out in um, out in Clarkston. Okay, and. Um, uh, that's um, that's at a private private residence, mm-hmm. and they've they've formed a little group, and they're they're hosting. Uh, they hosted uh, Aaron uh, Markowitz and um, Ashley there, and um, and then contacted me to see if I'd like to do one, and I'm I'm mm-hmm. excited. I love house shows. Yeah, I see a lot more of those mm-hmm. popping up. They seem to work out really well. They really do, cause you. You just have an intimate audience and, you know, people that are there because they want to listen. Yeah. They're they're... interested in the lyrics. They're interested in the stories. And so for me, it's, uh, you know, it's really fun because I've been doing a lot of um, songwriter rounds, Mm -hmm. you know, and that I love doing those. Uh, But, you know, I have a lot of material and I, I, you know, when you do a round, maybe you do six songs, maybe seven at the most, yeah. you know, um, which is really fun. And you get to participate with other performers uh, or I'm doing a set like tomorrow night. But uh, for a house show, I'll, you know, I'll do two sets and and I'll be able to do some new material because mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm going to record this year. Yeah. So you're trying. Out yeah, I've stuff. got I've got about. Eight or nine new songs right now that I'm that I'm uh, I've been playing out and working on, and um, yeah, I think that's that that's going to be part of the record that we'll do this summer. Nice. Okay. I see that there's things going on in Clarkston. I know Wiltsies is it called? Yeah, Wiltsies. And then uh, yeah, and I I play. I'll be doing Wiltsies in May. Okay. May eighteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but at the April is like super busy. I've got a show in the Ann Arbor Public Library. I'm doing at the beginning of the month, Kate Hynote and I, mm-hmm. her trio and me as a duo with Sarah, 
We're doing the Clover Room in Kalamazoo on the 5th, and then the Starlight Room in uh, Muskegon on the 6th. Yeah. I know you travel around the state yeah. a yeah. lot. Yeah. Summertime, you can go up north a yep. lot more often, of course. Yeah, I just, we lucked out last week. We drove to Cleveland and back last mm -hmm. Friday. Mm -hmm. Had this uh, at the Lookabout Lodge. Uh, it's this old lodge that was built in 1938, mm -hmm. and they do a fireside concert series there. Literally, there's a fire. There's a fire, yeah, <laughs> right behind us, behind mm -hmm. Dave Roof and I, and, uh, oh, it was so much fun. But, you know, when you think about driving to Cleveland in February, how bad it could have been. Oh, yeah. And it was 64 degrees. Mm. It was awesome. <laughs> you got lucky. You <laughs> yeah, really we did. did. <laughs> we did. We definitely did. Mm. So. All right. Let's do another song. Okay. I'm going to do a new song. Okay. This is a, a song inspired by an instrument that I grew up with. Um, an old Gibson guitar, even though I'm playing it on my Martin. Mm -hmm. When I record it, I'll record it on the uh, Gibson. So part of being in a big family was my mom, she played piano, and she wanted all of us to learn an instrument. I tried clearing at it first. I'm glad you switched over. Back in 47, was a gift from my mom My dad never learned to play A single song Us kids took turns Some got good, some not so great Now it's here with the seventh son to the story never gives away the end more songs in it than I'll ever write a play it's been a blessing the mahogany and spruce that Gibson LG2 light gauge heartstrings unlocking everything hoping one
to go Some days takes the high road Some days the low It can even make a bad song sound just fine I should know it's banged out plenty of mine Mahogany and Spruce had Gibson LG too Holding family history started playing music who were your biggest influences the ones that really made you go yeah I want to do that yeah I definitely um like Paul Simon was a huge influence uh Crosby Stills Nash you know that album was like huge played that all the time um until you heard a lot of crackle yeah <laughs> yeah Neil Young uh, no, a yeah. lot of that. So, uh, you know, those were sort of... A, and then I listened to a lot of Irish music growing up mm -hmm. um, and, and still do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I still play a lot of Irish music. I play at the Gaelic League. Uh, All the time, and, and when I play those shows, it's, it's by and large a huge uh, chunk of the night is just old Irish mm -hmm. uh, songs from my heritage. And I love doing those. Um, but, you know, as I got older... Uh, farther into it, I guess, you know, uh, the Indigo Girls uh, were a huge influence. Jason Isabel, Bruce Springsteen, um, and uh, Nancy Griffith, and most, m most importantly, John Prine. Okay. John Prine, you know, the, his ability to make you laugh and make you cry within the same song mm -hmm. it just amazes me. Is his juxtaposition of lyrics and in the way he would just throw these funny little rhymes in and mm -hmm. you know you think at first you think oh it didn't have anything to do with anything and then you realize oh he had a plan he had yeah. a plan for that mm -hmm. uh, kind of like somebody writing a mini novel oh yeah, yeah always there's a beginning a middle and the end yeah mm -hmm. i think he he and um and Spring, springsteen songs are very much like Mm -hmm. short stories mm -hmm. you know especially the like the nebraska album mm -hmm. you know they're those are full-fledged you know you could do a movie on those <laughs> some of those surprise songs. netflix hasn't done yeah, it right <laughs> right right you know but he's he's a great storyteller and uh that's the that's the stuff i was uh i was drawn to i was also though i have to be honest i was a huge like glitter rock David Bowie, uh, uh, Kiss, New York Dolls fan hmm. back in the day, and then a lot of rock and roll. Hmm. Uh, I was not, I was not a Beatles fan until later in life. I was a Stones fan, uh, and I was a huge Rod Stewart fan. Not late Rod Stewart, like 
faces and mm-hmm. you know the first every part every of picture solo. tells a story gasoline alley yeah those older older uh albums you know when he was with jeff beck on jeff beck truth you mm. know uh great stuff and i i love that uh you know i i went to so many shows at ford auditorium masonic you know, Harpo's. Really nice places, except for Harpo's, maybe. Yeah. You went there because you wanted to see the act, not the place itself. And, you know, I saw a lot of shows at Kobo. Oh, me too. Kobo was a highly underrated, and actually I think Joe Lewis was highly underrated. I think. I like Joe Lewis much better than Kobo. Kobo was great if you were like yeah. up to about halfway That's true. tier B. But once you got higher than that, it's like, okay, who are those ants down there? Yeah. Oh, that's the band, you know. <laughs> Did you ever go to Olympia? Yeah, I saw Kiss there. Okay, I saw... The Rockets opened up I for saw him. Led Zeppelin there. Wow. And they were not... They weren't great. The sound no. wasn't great. But then we saw Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, where they brought in... They brought in all their sound, and it was they had eight, eight, um, you know, huge banks, and oh, yeah. they would bounce the sound around. And uh, man, what one of the greatest shows uh, I have ever seen in my life was that yeah. that album. And you know, they God, they played for three hours. Yeah. You know, they did the album, and then they did another set of all their old, you old know, stuff. Yeah, just great stuff. Ah, the good old days when yeah. they could go on all night long. And right. You actually got your money's worth back then. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I remember seeing uh, Springsteen and, and Billy Joel a couple of times where they're you're just exhausted for them. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're like going, man, I'm tired. You must be like totally exhausted. Mm-hmm. But, but and then they go, they go to the next city and do the same thing. Yeah, and even uh, back in the 80s, I mean, they were still doing it like back-to-back sometimes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know how anybody could do that. I know. I mean, I'd, I'd have to skip at least a day or two. Yeah, and you, especially, you know, uh, guys who, you know, like, like Springsteen, who would just punish his voice, you mm. know, his vocal cords, or, or, you know, some of the heavy, heavy hitters mm. like that. I mean, that the reason that Zeppelin didn't sound good is that Robert Plant couldn't hit the notes the night we saw him. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I actually like Robert Plant Solo. nowadays, his work with... Um, Allison Krauss. Allison Krauss. Mm-hmm. I just love... They're touring again this year. Yeah, right? I know. Mm-hmm. I know. That might be worth checking out. Yeah. But um, we got to squeeze in, and we're going to talk about this one more yeah. thing, and then we got enough time for one more song, it looks okay. like. Okay. But I think we both have a reason to talk about this. We have the Corktown Music Festival that's happening right. at the end of March, March yep. 28th, 29th, and 30th. You can go online, uh, corktownmusicfestival.net, get a wristband for $20, or I believe we decided on 15 if you just want to do one of the nights. Is that but, what it is? Yeah, but you, okay. get, you get four venues. It's the Gaelic League, which we talked about, Corktown Tavern, uh, batch Brewing Company, just down the road, uh, off of Trumbull and Porter. And is that going to be in there, um, outdoor, in that enclosed? Yes, yes. That's a sweet uh, setup. Yeah, because just in case the weather isn't great, because we're talking end of March in Michigan, they could go either way. Um, yeah. They actually have heaters and everything, but the long and short of it is you could spend $20 to see basically three nights. The first night on Thursday is free at Corktown Tavern only. That's nice. But we have 78 acts, 
over three nights, four venues, and this gentleman here is uh, good enough to play for me. He's going to be playing his one of his favorite places, of Gaelic, oh, yeah. Gaelic League. And, I love the Gaelic League. And uh, all the proceeds are going to MI-UCP. Why don't you talk about that for okay. a moment? So my UCP, which is uh, Michigan United Cerebral Palsy, I've been on a board, on that board, for um, almost 30 years. Mm -hmm. They are a disability advocacy and service and program uh, agency. Basically, we serve the 2.3 million Michiganders who live with a disability. And we have a mission, which is to close the disability divide. Because individuals who live with a disability are so often marginalized. They're one of the most marginalized uh, populations in this country in terms of access to education, access to jobs, access to loans, access to credit, access to assistive technology, which is a big part of what we do. Nice, very nice. So uh, once we pay the bills, which you know there are, have to always have to be some yeah. bills. Yeah. All the money will go to that uh, wonderful charity, and it's seventy-five years now. Seventy-fifth eh? year. Yeah. yeah. Our seventy-fifth year is is this year. Mm. So we're we're excited to have a, a really big year, um, and we're going to culminate it in the fall with a gala. Nice. Our first time it's going to be at MGM Grand. Wow. But for right now. You know, we do we do three or four um, big fundraisers a year, mm -hmm. um, and we're really pleased that Corktown has uh, selected us. Uh, it's really great, and um, we I know we have music appreciators on our board, so <laughs> okay, we'll be getting them out there. That works out really well. Yeah. All right, so that's March twenty eighth, twenty ninth, and thirtieth. Yeah. So uh, we look forward to that, both of us. All right, I think we got time for one more. I really thank you very much, Mike, well, for thanks, coming down Scott. and hanging out with us. <laughs> That's great. And this is great. What would you like to finish off with tonight? Well, I'm going to finish with a song. When Angie and I moved downtown from the suburbs, uh, we moved from 3,300 square feet to 1,125 square feet. How do you do it? <laughs> well, we, we, we got rid of a car. We got rid of a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And we got compact, and that's what this song is called. Nice. Compact Life. Sorry. Can't live with that. Sorry.
compact build Five foot five, still strong will As a kid I was sort of stocky Bad for hoops, good for hockey Wish I was tall and thin And maybe a bit more significant No fashion sense, no frills family got no vinyl or cassettes nor many financial assets can anyone still play this to show a smaller carbon footprint a 43 year sacrament still makes me feel so alive I love 